Thursday, November 4th, Navy Week for Notre Dame. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley. Joining us, Pete Sampson from The Athletic. Notre Dame taking on Navy after not playing last year for the first time since 1926. Incredible streak that came to an end last year because of the pandemic. But Notre Dame, a 21-point favorite, over under 47.5. That tells you a little bit something about what the odds makers think about Navy's offense, but we have questions in the second segment about Navy that we will address. College football rankings came out last night, Notre Dame, number 10, Georgia, number one, really everything after Georgia, number one is debated by the entire college football world. Yeah, I didn't, I, I wish that I had written down what we all said, what our top four would be, but I mean, I wasn't even close because I had, I had Cincinnati in the top four, and I had Alabama not, um, and Alabama was two, and Cincinnati was six. So not really close at all on that. Um, I was, I am surprised Cincinnati was six. I thought that the committee would sort of give them a little bit of rope at the beginning, because if you don't give them at the beginning, like, right. they can only go down from here. They cannot go up. So it's um, – I Honestly, I just sort of feel bad for Cincinnati. I guess the other way of looking at it is if they don't want them in, you can't put them up and then keep, drop it, keep dropping them and dropping and dropping them either when they win games. So that's that's probably why they're there. But you're right. They're not going to move up. I believe I had Miss, uh, Michigan State, two and Cincinnati, three, and I never could decide on Oklahoma or Alabama for number four because for obvious reasons, I would choose Alabama as a better football team, but Oklahoma's undefeated. And teams do deserve a little bit when they're undefeated. Um, yeah, I, I, I had Notre Dame nine, so ten's not – changing things that much. I do think Oklahoma, I don't, I don't think Oklahoma is necessarily even the eighth best team. I'm talking about it both sides of my mouth, but how are they eighth? Like, that's crazy to me. It's just a, a team. If Notre Dame was the exact, okay, let's put it. I think Notre, Oklahoma fans would have a legitimate gripe. Put yourself in their position. If you're a Notre Dame fan, Notre Dame's undefeated oh. and they're eighth and they're Notre Dame. Like Oklahoma's Oklahoma, you know, they go to the playoff. They, they win the big 12. They do these things. It's like, it's, it is, I'm not even sure they're the eighth best team. Like they could be much lower than that, really, if they had to play in some of these other teams. That I think they lose to almost everybody in the top ten. But holy cow! That's well, like, got, with Oklahoma, got. it's if they win out, they're in. Like there's not any. Yes, they got rope. You're right. They they, they will go up. Yeah, they have yeah. such a backloaded schedule. They're at Baylor, at Oklahoma State. They play Iowa State at home, and then they'll play Baylor or Oklahoma State again in the Big Twelve Championship. But you shouldn't really rank them for that reason, right? You're ranking them with an agenda, I guess. And so I guess that's probably what the committee does, knowing that there's a, a easy path for Oklahoma win your games. Yeah, they were think... losing at Kansas. They're losing yeah. at Kansas. Like that's yeah. I can't get I can't move past that. They were in jeopardy in, in Kansas. There's no doubt about it. Look, I, I, mean, I think that the committee has no choice but to have a, quote, agenda in certain situations. If you put Cincinnati in the top four now and they win out, I mean, I guess you can drop them out of the top four, but you kind of set a precedent once you put them in yeah. the top four. So, I mean, they can move up if Ohio State loses and Oregon loses. Well, depending upon, I guess, who Ohio State loses to. Um, you know, and, and, and Bama presumably will not go to the playoffs if Georgia beats them in the, in the SEC yeah. championship game. Right. I mean, I think that that, I don't, I don't, don't think that's automatic at all. There's a lot that can happen that would allow it though. I, I kind of, I'm in between you two. Like, uh, I mean, obviously if Michigan state just goes on a run, 
and Oregon goes on a run, Bama's going to get knocked out by that. But if, if you just start seeing these teams, like I said, Pete, you were going to screenshot for me, five losses, maybe six losses, then I feel like Alabama could go in, except they – like the agenda again, where are you, you going to rank them fourth? They're going to rematch Georgia? If they lose to Georgia, you're going to rank them fourth? Yeah, that's good. That is an interesting point. Yeah, it's look yeah. the job of the, the job of the playoff committee in some in some instances is imp- it's impossible to do, and that's why the reaction from across the country it's like there is no human being or committee alive that could have ranked those in a manner in which the reaction was going to be anything other than outrage because. We're in one of those years, I guess every year is kind of like this, but we're in one of those years where the debate and even Gary Barta from the AD from Iowa and the uh, head of the committee said what difficulty they had in slotting people through the the top 10. Nobody could come up with a top 10 right now that would avoid major criticism. Right. I agree with that because people are idiots, but I like to go back to it. What you, (laughs) with what you say though, Tim is like results do have to matter. Well, I, I'm like results I'm have sta- to matter, sta- man. I agree. <laughs> I'm staunch in that, and I don't yeah. think that Alabama should be second. I, I no, do not. I mean, and talk I, about and, an agenda. They could easily move up. You know, right. if you rank them fifth right now. No, they <laughs> didn't the easiest lose. Move up there is. My like, argument, the flip side of that, they didn't lose to an unranked team. They lost to yeah, a, good, the number fourteen another, another team. Another quality team. Right a quality team. Yeah. Yeah. And A and M was coming off two losses. We knew A and M was good going into the season. They were a legit pick for the top ten. And so when they've lost two in a row and they're playing Alabama, there's a ton of motivation there to get the job done. So I, you know, Notre Dame at 10th, I don't have a problem with it. We don't think that there's a a clear path for Notre Dame to get to the playoffs. That's fine. They haven't earned it. They're not, they're not going to play a ranked team. Uh, Virginia's not ranked anymore, right? Since they lost. Um, So, you know, they're not going to play a ranked team the rest of the way. So it is what it is before they lost. Well, I think that's they had true. to win. I, I get, they, right, a win would have gotten them there over BYU. Right, probably. exactly. Yeah. Had they been yeah. seven and two, they they would have gotten there. Um, so, I don't know. I I don't I don't get too worked up about the first poll. I'm gonna I want to go back and look at each of the previous seven and see who made it after the first um, college football playoff uh, ranking because I would imagine that that you know it's very fluid at this point. We still have the whole month of regular season. And then the conference uh, games to to uh, to rate teams. Uh, Brian Kelly, we met with Brian Kelly as we always do before our podcast on Thursday. Injury situation, of course. Kyle Hamilton out. Blake Fisher definitely out. Although he did leave the door open for his participation in a playoff game slash bowl game. So that's not a surprise. I mean, I think that we expected him to be physically prepared to play by you know, the end of December, January one. And it, it, you know, it won't matter in terms of his eligibility because he's only played one game. So we'll see about that. But everybody else, Kevin Bauman, who was in uniform last week is on special teams this week. Isaiah Foskey, Drew White, Braden Lindsay. Who else? Tyree was Tyree's name mentioned. I mean, I don't, it was not, but um, I mean, I'm sure he's, in the at least he I mean, could I shouldn't say he could have a setback, but he's at least in the can fair, fair catch kickoff mode still, right? Yeah, he is. I, I don't. I, I don't think it's real. I don't think it's looking real promising for Tyree. I don't either. Um, I mean, we'll we'll see how this evolves, especially with Logan Diggs beginning to emerge here. 
but we'll see. I, I, you know, I'm being told that the recovery has, it's just been so well, we've seen, it's been very slow and turf toes are, there's no way, there's no way you can judge how each individual individual player is going to bounce back from a turf toe. Right. You just can't. Uh, maybe you can say that about a lot of injuries, but, I, but I don't know. Um, Navy, I mentioned 21 point underdog, man, you look at that team and they are just, they are struggling. Now they've gotten things together a little bit now that they've had it. It isn't that they've settled on a quarterback. The quarterback that they wanted is healthy. Uh, He's still not running it very well, which you rarely hear that about a Navy quarterback. And they're just statistically all over the board, but most of it is a hundredth or lower. This is a, this is a, I mean, it's an improving team because they continue to compete with teams, especially Cincinnati and Houston and SMU. I mean, some good, some good American conference teams, but uh, it's man, it is not a typical Navy team in terms of just consistency. They, they do some good things defensively with their front seven, and they do have some good DBs, but their numbers still on defense, like third down and red zone touchdown percentage. Uh, really bad. Not a really good football team, man. Worse than normal. Worse than what we're accustomed oh, yeah. to at Ken Niamatololo. I mean, they're they're so you can pretty much tell was Navy good if they were in the top five in rushing yards per game. Um, Because that's basically where they have been for all of the last decade. Last year, they were 52nd at 177 yards per game. And this year, they're sitting there at 14th. And that is is really bad for Navy. Um, It it means that they can't be who they want to be efficiently. Um, And that's – I mean, we'll get in predictions in the second segment, but that – to me is at least like why this is not an overly threatening Navy team. I don't think it's a threatening game in terms of losing. Um, I think there's a little, there's a pretty big human nature threat here for Notre Dame though. No doubt about it. That's not even, I'm not. Two night games coming off. There's a reason that line's not, there's a reason the line's not moving and there's a reason that the over under is so low. It's, there are just not enough possessions to go, 400 yards passing and 200 yards rushing and beat maybe 60 or 52 to 10 again. There's just, it's not, I, I don't feel that yeah. at all. This game. I also feel 0% of like, man, if they get go, if they get behind, I don't, I don't think that's a thing this time either. There's kind of a Notre Dame will win in what manner we'll find out. Yeah. We have a, I was going to comment on possessions, but we have a question on that in the second segment. I'll save it for that coming up, burning up the board segment two. Looking for a gift for the Notre Dame fan on your holiday shopping list? Help them commemorate their first Notre Dame game or loyalty to the Fighting Irish with a Notre Dame Football Heritage Project certificate. Your donation, $5 minimum, will help the Araparsegian Medical Research Fund and the Notre Dame Gallivan Journalism Program. Visit ndcertificate.com to learn more. Segment two, burning up the boards. Question from ND Football Fan Irish. Now that Drake Bowen has committed to the class of 2023, how would you rank him among the four linebacker commits? in the 2022 class. That's a fun one. Um, well, I have Sneed one. Yeah. Um, I believe I have Burnham two, actually. I'd go Bowen three. And then I have some trouble because I would actually consider going to a Halamaka three but it's got that two down backer situation going for me where you lose a little versatility in the modern game, you know? Yeah. Um, however, we might be a little too critical of that like drew white 
and those guys play plenty of drums yeah. nowadays. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I like Ziggler a lot. I just feel like the other guys are better. Yeah. I think Ziegler I, you know, see the field when, with special teams though. And when, everything you, first. when you make a list of five, it, yeah. it's like five is so starkly different from two or three. And that's not necessarily true. No, no. I, yeah. I, Pete, you have Sneed one, right? Yeah. Sneed is the Georgia of the linebackers. Yeah. There's, I don't even think you could have a, yeah. but I like Burnham a lot too. I just think he's pretty, he may grow into a, a Viper end, but Steed is just like, that is the quintessential college linebacker in 2022. Um, he can, he can give you everything. Um, so that I, I like, I like your ranking. And I, I agree with like the Tuihel Maka, where do I put him? Because you know, he's not, is he going to be a three down player? Probably not, but he's going to be an ass kicker on downs one and two. Yeah. He could be an easily be number three out here. I mean, that's not, I, when I put yeah. him, I wanted to qualify him immediately in my own mind. It was, it's like ranking top 10 teams in the college football yeah. playoff uh, rankings, but I Snead definitely number one. I, I would, I would put Bowen number two, but I, in fact, this was asked on the message board and I, I had, I had Bowen number two, um, but with Burnham's length, I know, it, you know, and, and Bowen lacks a little bit of that. I wouldn't be surprised if Burnham was ahead of him. Somebody asked again on the message board, could Burnham end up a Viper? Yes, he could. Yeah. Uh, I think to, to Alamaka coming off the edge is, is intriguing as well. I don't know necessarily if it's a defensive end position or just how they position them. So I would, I would list them uh, Sneed one, Bowen two, Burnham two, a to Alamaka and then Ziegler. But I like, you know, Ziegler's. I do too. Yeah. He's got a chance to be a good football player. I think every one of those guys has a chance to be a good football player for Notre Dame. We could probably do this at a different time, but where do you put Prince Colley in there? Well, I that that was actually the original question. Okay. Okay. He was included there, and I I, I had I actually had it's kind of a cop out, but I had Sneed Colley one and one like co number one or one and one a and whatever. I mean, I, I think probably Snead ahead, but like those are two best, really yeah. good, two really good football players. Yeah, those are that's that's six six linebackers that uh, they can do a lot of positive things with. It's actually a good problem to have, unlike when people always say that when it's about bad problem to have multiple quarterbacks and stuff. On a related note, old hound dog, what do you believe is the future for Drew Pine? I like Drew, but never lost my senses and slobbered all over him, although he's old hound dog like many here did after he went nine of 22 against Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure he'll opt out after this year, perhaps to a Mac team where he can start. Have you heard anything? And what's your opinion? Are you pretty sure he'll opt out after this year when going I, in as number I'm two behind? Positive. Edwards? He will not opt out after this year. Yeah. I wouldn't agree year. with that. And I, the last thing you can do is rate a quarterback based upon his completion percentage against Cincinnati. And they're, they're number one in the country in completion uh, percentage defense number two in yards per passing attempt, number one in pass efficiency rating. What Drew Pine did against Cincinnati was Norton was down by 17 and he brought him within Four. three yeah. points. I, yeah. I, I put, it should have been three points, missed extra point. I put way more value on that than a completion percentage against a team that's virtually impossible to complete passes against. I Pete think Drew Pine, that Drew Pine will, yeah, yeah I, w- I would put him on the roster next year. Yeah. Um, and then, and then go from there. I mean, certainly it's, it's been a frustrating situation on a personal level for him, but from a team level, probably gratifying that their name is good and you're seeing your teammates have success. So, you know, in the off season is probably time to make that decision, but with Cone 
departing and Buckner returning and really nothing behind Buckner at all. Um, I think that Drew Pine would, would likely stick around, graduate, and then, and then he can make a decision with the Notre Dame degree in hand. Yeah, and, and, and Buckner's been, you know, he's had a couple minor injuries and playing on a very limited basis. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Drew Pine has in mind, but um, I think we're all in agreement that, you know, he's more likely to stick around and, and let this play yeah. out because he'll go into next season in a, in a decent decent situation number two at worst i mean if you had to rate 15 guys that would transfer or choose to not come back that are eligible i would put it he wouldn't be on my list for next year he'll come back and, and compete for the job for sure like that i i see almost no chance he's not coming back then i think he would probably leave obviously as a graduate with a couple years to play yeah maybe a different a, a kid with a different personality and mindset sure but i don't think ahead, but i don't think he's he he has a different personality and mindset yeah. than what we projected to be. CMU Pence fan, over under eight and a half possessions total for Notre Dame Saturday. Well, I'm going to go over because there's only two unders, really. Six was like, that's impossible. That happened that time in 2016, you know. So I think Notre Dame will have nine possessions. Exactly. It's a great line because the other thing, I would pick eight for the other one <laughs> is the other way looking at it. Um I think we'll have nine possessions and I, I never count like the kneel down as a possession, but I do count if you attempt something as a possession, like a couple mm-hmm, plays sure. you're trying to hit. Um, I mean, they only had nine against USC or eight against USC and nine against North Carolina, right? Real, real it was possessions. Eight USC. Was it only nine against North Carolina? Yeah. Cause well, one that, was the, right the, now the kneel down doesn't count. So. Well, no, yeah. no, but I mean, they're stringing together such long drives, which right, I thought it was right. interesting. I actually wanted to follow up with Brian Kelly on this to comment about, you know, offensive efficiency against Navy, you really, as an offense, you really don't want five or six minute drives. Well, that's why I asked him uh, on I'm answering, Monday. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm answering a question yeah. that we're going to address okay. in a little bit, but um, yeah, I, you know, I, I would take over because I think that Navy's offense is in a state right now where there are just an inordinate amount of empty drives for them. And so I think eight and a half is a perfect line. And I would say Nordy will have, Man, 10 possessions seems like a lot. Nine, ten. That's, it does seem right. like a lot against David. Good line. Good line, CMU. I would go o- over, but it probably says more about Navy than it says about Notre Dame. I think Priester, you're sort of spot on with that. Like Navy isn't good enough to have it be under at the eight and a half line. Yeah, I don't yeah. Yeah, I they mean, were better than Notre Dame when they controlled it for six possessions in 16. I mean, they were Notre Dame couldn't get them off the field if you gave an extra player. No, in that game, I don't think you could add another player. No, to the I, team. Agree. I don't think you get him off the field. That's it's not like, like that at all now. And I know, uh, I actually want to check to see what Navy's third down uh, conversion percentage normally is. It's horrible this year, but we know that they always go for it on fourth down. So you always have, yeah, that. yeah. But and, it's, they, and they really will go for it um, this year against Notre Dame too. They're a hundred. They're a hundred ninth on on third down, and you know, of course, they attempt a ton of, of fourth downs, but. I, I think there's going to be, I think Nordings defensive front seven will do well. It's I, actually, I should say front eight. I think it'll be a front eight and then you'll have the three DBs and they could struggle. That's, that's a tough ask for, for those guys not having had uh, any real notable experience against this type of offense. Statman 72 Navy's averaging 222.5 rushing yards per game and 3.7 per carry where Notre Dame hold them below their season averages. Um, 
I don't know. I'm inclined to say yes. I don't know that I really believe that. The 3.7 is what stands out. And Lavatai, their their quarterback, is averaging – he's doing a pretty nice job for them, but he's averaging less than two yards a carry, which you you don't ever hear that for a, a, yeah. a Navy team. I guess unless they're, unless it's a two-and-six Navy team that's really struggling to score, they're 121st in the country. Of their eight games, six of them, they scored 20 or less. So – you know, I mean, I, 20 or less possessions. There we go back to possessions yeah. too. Yeah. It's what you I, think, what think you think it. over or under guys. I think over on both. Um, and I would feel, I would feel under if Drew White and JD Bertrand were less banged up. Um, and then, you know, the Notre Dame ha- didn't had a Hamilton to have like two TFLs that like throw the statistics out of whack. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's not, I agree with that. I think Notre Dame will be fine, but I, they're they're beat up at linebacker and inexperienced in the secondary. So it's not a it's a good good setup for have like two sixty yard runs and then you know the averages all are out of whack. I, I think both will go over. I don't think it's reflective of like the game being controlled by Navy though at all. You know, I, 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 maybe yeah. that's that's probably the best yeah. way to put it. I, I mean, you know, I, is Air Force what Air Force held them to. 36 yards, but like central Florida, they went for three fifty almost. They were almost 200 for Memphis. They were 300 against Tulsa. Right. I mean, they're starting they're they start to get there. They're, they could, they're, they're starting to put it together a little bit more than I think having, having watched right a bunch of their games up to this point. I mean, it's still tricky to deal with, but there is just not that. I like their fullbacks. Their fullbacks are really yeah. quick and, but there's just not that explosion that you're somewhat accustomed to it at, um, you know, at the quarterback position, he's doing a nice job, but if he's averaging less than two yards of carry, obviously he's making some, some poor decisions and some poor reads along the way. Denver Maximus, who will be Notre Dame's Greer Martini against Navy. That's a gimme. He he, he was, he was Notre Dame's, he was Notre Dame's Greer Martini three seasons ago. Drew White. When oh, you brought think him Drew in. White? Yeah. I think, I think Kaiser will have a good day too on the edge there. Yeah. But I think I, it's good. Kaiser is the guy that I think is going to clean everything up for Notre Dame. No, but you remember they brought, they oh, yeah. brought Drew White in, in, in San Diego yes. against Navy when Trump. I, re- went, <laughs> I um, remember so much that I said, who is, is that, that Drew White? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Accidentally. Yeah, it was a little confusing. In the press, in the press, or in the, uh, in the press box, I accidentally audibly said, is that Drew White? Too loud for uh, anyone's comfort. But that was, everybody's looking down there with binoculars. Who is that person? We had, we had no inkling. I don't know if anybody else in media did. Pete, I, did you? I, we had no, no inkling no. that Drew White was going to be trotting into the game if uh, Drew Tranquil went down with an injury. Of course, we probably weren't thinking that Drew Tranquil would go down with an injury. But, um, yeah, I mean, I you know. I, I guess you could say white and I wouldn't disagree with what you guys are saying about Kaiser as well. And as far as Bertrand, he's getting acupuncture as part of his, uh, part of, part of his recovery and ice baths and doing everything he can. He tried to downplay it the other day, other day but he was asked like 13 times about his health. So yeah. it, was, it was a little difficult for him. <laughs> he handled it. He handled it beautifully, but he, you know, somebody would walk away and another reporter would come in and say, so how's your health? You don't seem as fast as you once did out there. No, I, I feel bad when the, when someone comes out that's off, that's not playing their best. Like when Cade Madden came out, they could have waited, by the way, and brought Cade Madden out right now, yeah. and it would have been just fine for the poor guy. 
They brought yeah. him out in, in the yeah. heart of the struggles of the offensive line. That's a tough one. I've been rooting for him ever since because he handled that pretty well. And as I, as I told Priester, man, walking away from there that day, I felt so bad for him because he probably had never, first of all, never be last because you have the whole media with you. Mm-hmm. So there's like 15 of us. And he probably had never seen anything like that at Marshall, where people well, yeah, are actually like every, watching yeah. film three times a week and doing all these type of things on what he's done. Yeah, everything prior to this has been a success story. He was a walk-on, right. and you know, then he's an All-American or or uh, named an All-American anyway. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that that was. Uh, and now would certainly be a good time because he has strung together some yep. some pretty good performances. Matchup nine. Do you think the offense will remain with tempo despite the size difference between the lines and the risk of quickly putting the defense back on the field? Yeah, this is why I saved this. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Brian Kelly talked about the five, six minute drives for Notre Dame's offense, which could be a detriment. Absolutely. You want to put Navy in a, in a two score hole uh, where you make them start to think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sure the, do. <laughs> the, the second score hole, uh, second touchdown hole that, that uh, O'Malley likes to talk about, but no, they're Nordame's going to go up tempo. Absolutely. Move the ball as quickly as you can. I think the more you, their D line's pretty decent, but if you play up tempo and get them running around all day, that'll take its toll on them. Yeah, uh, really like their linebackers, even beyond Fago. Uh, they, um, Hughes, I, I want to say off the top of my head, is another yeah, guy. Hughes, yeah. 57, that's a that's a really good player. So, But uh, now, play fast. Uh, put Navy in a situation where they have to start thinking, geez, can we afford can we afford our own seven minute drive because we're we're chasing? Yeah, and I mean Notre Dame's tempo is. They're not playing like Oregon warp speed tempo. They're playing snap a lot of plays and get a lot of six and seven yard gains and 12 yard game, but like they're not taking deep shots. So it's like no, their tempo no. still controls time of possession. Yeah. And I think that if they don't play tempo, that's kind of who they are now. I don't think they can go into uh, we are bigger, stronger, and better than Navy is right now. Just I think they have to keep building what they have. Like I don't think they just shift gears and say, we're going to go out here and convert on third and four by pitching it. I think you'd probably go off the field a few times and give Navy the ball back. Look, uh, when I asked Brian Kelly on Monday about, you know, are you playing into their hands with your five minute drives? He's like, kind of, yeah. And I wanted to add, but if you score a touchdown, that's the entire point. No matter what, no matter what, they are almost inviting you to have 60 yards and see if they stop you in the last two plays of your drive. If you have it. So let's say, let's say they go under that eight and a half. They have eight possessions. If they score touchdowns five times, they can't oh, lose. No, they can't, they, right? You just need five, five touchdowns, eight possessions. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. can't do three touchdowns, two field goals, two turnovers, and right. fourth down. They won't punt, so a fourth and two failure or something right. like that. Right. UND underscore Clancy, could you compare Clark Lee's approach to stopping Navy versus Marcus Freeman's? We haven't seen him do it yet at Notre Dame. I did try to find a little bit of film on yeah. Cincinnati Navy from 2018. Uh, go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I think it's. I do think it's similar. I was watching that too, going through the old YouTube Cincinnati clips when they were able to stop them. I thought it was more important to watch his second matchup. Um, obviously, they lost that first one against Navy. Um, that four-four look. Uh, not. Ex- I mean, without trying to be technical about this, because I'm probably wrong when I say this, but that four-four look you saw that they started out with against Wisconsin, um, and then with different responsibilities for the line would be. A, I think you'll see a lot of that. And plus, Mike Elst, Mike Brian Kelly already said it. Mike Elston's had ten of these. He's going to have an input on this. Yeah, it's like my understanding. I think that you'll you'll be more a five-two look and a four-two, and then a four-four. Um, 
I think they'll sort of get bigger on the line. Probably it would be White and Bertrand at linebacker, but then you'll see sort of see like Botello or Pryor playing more yeah. of that um, stand-up end opposite Foskey. I and keep hearing Botello. It's just so like you're plugging the gaps. Yeah. You just plug the gaps to begin with and then have the linebackers clean it up. Does Patel have the patience to play? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's here Kaiser and Pryor. <laughs> I'll take Kaiser and Pryor on that edge of that at times, even if they'll alternate. Yeah, also, I mean, it's just like, Patello, your job is to go, like, just do one thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see where that would work. I Like, I understand sort of what you're saying. I, 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 I guess I've always felt like the more bodies they get at the line of scrimmage, the better off they are. I'm just looking forward to the three-man front with Foskey about nine yards off the ball, and I'm going to go right to the message okay, board now, and follow okay. along as that happens. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think we could see, and, and I'm just spitballing here, but you might see what maybe looks like a 3-5. I mean, the main thing is to have eight guys in the, the box, box. Yeah. pretty much. Yeah. and how you know, But the 4-4 uh, look has worked well for them. Um, and I, you know, I, it, it was a little bit difficult to determine on the film that I saw that 2018 game of Navy and Cincinnati to know exactly what they did play after play. Uh, but they do have a huge catalog. I still, I just want to say this. I think I might've said it Monday, but I just want to say this and I, I I've written it until we see what a Marcus Freeman Notre Dame defense looks like against Navy. I don't want to just assume that, okay, well he did it with Cincinnati three years ago and, and that that will just carry over this year, but we'll see. I think they, I I'm sure they'll have a pretty solid plan with their background with it. And they'll have a plan B, right? I think plan B will be in order contrary to 11 years ago. Yes. Dean 21, one Is it a foregone conclusion that Kyle Hamilton will not be back now that the Packers released Jalen Smith, that injury and subsequent drop to the second round really cost him some money. We might be confusing a couple issues here. Um, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not sure if the question is, will he be back this season or will he be back for next season? I, I this I mean, season. I, he means this season. Okay, he does mean this season because he yeah. because he will not be coming back next season. He'll be in the professional ranks. Um, Jalen Smith, six years ago, I, I know it happened to a Notre Dame player. I, again, it, it's still my understanding. Pete, chime in on this, but it's still my understanding that the intention is that Kyle Hamilton will play against Virginia. I don't think that that is, that's not a bridge I'd walk out on just yet. Um, I think that they're still waiting to, you know, get all the information on the injury. So it's. Okay. Yeah. I mean, provided, provided he's healthy, he will, you know, because there's, there was some question early on that even if he is healthy, really risk it. I think if he's healthy for Virginia, he'll play. Yeah, I just I, I think that he is probably going to need an extra week. Um, we'll, I mean, but we'll see. They, it's like you, it's kind of one of those things that you can't put a timeline on the return until like his medicals check out. And I'm, you know, right. based on what Brian Kelly has said, it certainly doesn't seem like his medicals have checked all the way out. We got a procedure again on Monday, so that means is he playing football twelve days later? I guess I That's tend tough, to guess. Right? I tend to guess no too, without. And that's nothing to do with his desire. I think it's hard to play. We should check. We should check it out. Two PRP procedures in in an eight day period. And do you play football? Uh, Twelve days I, later. I, I you know I 
I didn't document every situation from the past, but it seems to me that that is enough time, generally speaking. Yeah. Greg Bryant from- had one, and I don't remember if he was in the mix or not when he was looking to play with that. I think he was, actually. I think Again, he did play with here that. I, here I was talking about turf toe, and everyone's different. Uh, and, yep. of, and, of course, this situation <laughs> can, can be the exact same thing. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We know he won't be in the lineup uh, this weekend. Brian, 739. Who do you think has the better 40 time? Jack Cohn or Tommy Reese when he was playing? I have no doubt about this. Oh, yeah, it's obvious. Jack Cohn. I mean, <laughs> we, all, we all remember Tommy Reese's quarterback sneak against Michigan, right? Like, <laughs> was that a 20? Uh, now, in 2012 game? 2012. Like, um, it was 2012. Like, yeah. up, burst out laughing in the press box <laughs> at the call. Like, that, that was a slow run. Jack Cohn is freaking moving compared to that. Yeah, Cone's, Cone's faster than Reese. Well, and he's longer too. I mean, yeah. just just the mere fact of that, I just give me edge. You know what's intriguing though is that Reese is a uh, good basketball player, so you think he'd be able to run a little bit too. Half court, a good half court <laughs> basketball <Yeah>. player. <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> you know the classic story that Reese's reaction. Uh, he was doing so we were ending an interview and he was doing like a finger roll or something, but he was walking out of the room and I happened to notice like like to, a finger roll to the door, like a, like you and I would right. walk up to right. a door and do a finger right. roll. Right. I said something about basketball and he started talking to me about it. And I was like, well, who's are you one of the best players on the team? He's like, oh, no, 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 Tyler. I think he said, I thought maybe are you the best? And he like cut me off like, no, Eifert, Tyler Eifert. Like Eifert, he didn't want to yeah. get in trouble and have Eifert jump <laughs> on him or something. But there was, apparently Eifert was the best player by far. <laughs> Indy from NJ3, rank your top three opponents for a New Year's Six Bowl. Not to Los Alabama is my number one opponent. Not to Los Alabama. That's the number one team I don't I want to play. Anybody but them. Uh, I, I, I am not particularly excited about playing one of those normal board yeah, bowl I, games I mean, where I, they draw the best. It's, I think uh, there's a couple. Pete, you want to throw some names out? I think there's a couple. I mean, Wake Forest is probably. I don't want to watch that as much, though. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, there's a no, lot of things here. I don't, don't, I don't want to play Alabama, get, and I don't answer. want to watch that. We don't get yeah. to determine that. So, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, I thought I, it was like Michigan, my personal preference. Mich- uh, yeah, rank yeah. your top. Michigan oh. and Michigan State would be one and two. Well, Michigan's definitely number one because you know that is—that's just the most exciting cover. I abbreviated this question, so I'm not really sure if that was the intention or not. I, well, he was saying, "Who do we think they'll get?" I have no idea who they'll get, but I know I don't want to play two loss Alabama, and I would love to play. Okay, Michigan. well, let, let's start with who we think they might get, Pete. Uh, I think that they are almost. So if Notre Dame goes eleven and one, they are almost certain, like. 99% sure to play the ACC champ. Yes. Like the Fiesta Bowl, Cincinnati's ranking really screws over Notre Dame's chance to go to the Fiesta Bowl. Because the Fiesta Bowl is contractually obligated to take the group of five champion this year if they're not in the playoff. Cincinnati's not going to be in the playoff. So Cincinnati has to go to the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame's not going to play Cincinnati a second time. Therefore, Notre Dame goes to the Beach Bowl to play the ACC champion, which is also contractually obligated by each bowl and the ACC because the orange bowl is a playoff bowl this year. So it's Wake Forest, North Carolina state, Pittsburgh, Virginia would be a complicating factor if they won it because that would be a rematch, but it's 
If Notre Dame goes 11 or 1, they're, they're almost certainly playing Wake Forest, NC State, or Pittsburgh. And honestly, if they go 10 and 2, I think they might be dropping down out of the year six entirely based on the way this season is set up. I, uh, Virginia rematch notion gives me hope that they could somehow get us in the Camelback in for the Fiesta Bowl. I'm switching gears to what I want yeah. and what I don't want now. That's, yeah, that's like, there's, you gotta have some backroom dealing in that yeah. instance. Which yeah, has been known true. to happen. It has. That's true. Yeah. Who would you like to see them play, Tim, in a you want to go cover the game? In a Fiesta Bowl or yeah. in any game? In a, well, make it the Fiesta Bowl because that's the one that has the most uh, open up, you know, little options available there. Let's say Cincinnati loses. Yeah. I, well, okay. Under that assumption. Um, man, I don't, I, you know, I don't, who I would like or who do I, I think it's more along it might be Kentucky. It might be not who I like, but who it might be. Uh, who would you like to see Notre Dame play? I'm changing it. Michigan and the Peach. Yeah, Michigan would be great, right? Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Uh, well, what I what I would really like to see is a Notre Dame win in a, in a major bowl. That's what I would really like to see. And I, I realize that if it's someone other than well, – I, I mean, I, would, they, would they get the credit they deserve by beating Michigan in the Peach Bowl? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. they would, but but yeah. name another not Wake Forest, would, right? Not Wake, Wake Forest. Forest, right? NC State, nobody, Pittsburgh, nobody would, you know. Yeah, blink an eye. Uh, but Notre Dame, Michigan would be fun. A little bit, you'd have the the long build up to it. You'd have. There would be none of that. I wonder if they're up for this moment we had. Right, camping you'd have, ball, That's for sure. You'd have press conferences with Jim Harbaugh, which would provide levity right there alone. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I we have I a really, very angry board, very angry message board. No matter what happened to the game, they'd have to win thirty-eight nothing again. <laughs> Thirty-one nothing would be good no. Enough. It was thirty-eight. It was yeah. thirty-seven. Remember, okay. That right. was a good block. Uh, last question leading into predictions, and it's placed this way strategically. It's from Irish John M. Playing off of O'Malley's second touchdown article. Which team scores the second touchdown on Saturday in your estimation? Given how poorly, poorly the Nordic defense has played the run recently, odds are it's Navy, right? If so, do you think Notre Dame bucks the recent trends and blows Navy out? Or is this game destined to be a nail-biter until, until the end? Yeah, I don't think they'll buck the trend. I think the second touchdown rule, because it usually works and is 10 for 10 in Brian Kelly's 10 Navy games, if you would like to read that story on uh, irishillustrated.com. Uh, I really think with the because of possessions, the sec if Navy, especially Navy goes out and scores a second touchdown or the first touchdown, I mean it's the middle of the second quarter by the time another team gets their second possession. I don't think Navy's scoring on a 60-yard run like they did in 2015. They don't have those players. They only have, that was the, they only have five plays of 30 yards or yeah, more. Five. That was the that was the Keenan Reynolds team. I mean, you know, yeah. you had so many players to worry about there. But I think the second touchdown rule will absolutely decide the tenor of the game. But Notre Dame can score in many more ways than Navy can now. And I see Pete wondering when I said they won't get a 60-yarder. He's like, they always give up 60-yarders, Tim. They might give up another one. <laughs> they have, yeah. I don't know how many 60-yarders they have, but they literally <laughs> only have five plays of 30 yards or more. And there's probably there might be a couple passes, and they're just by the mirror. All right, so Pete, it's 7-7. Seven, seven, what do you say? Or it's 10, or even, even bigger, it's 10-7. And we're in the second quarter. 
Stay close. Uh, I Notre Dame will score it. Notre Dame will score the second touchdown. I, I think Notre Dame is going to get to. I, I have Notre Dame at forty-two points oh. in this game. Uh, uh, I think at the beginning of the week, I thought that Navy might get shut down more than I do at the end of the week, based on just sort of what I'm hearing about how banged up parts of the Notre Dame defense are. So, you know. I, predict, I I went from 42-13 to now I'm going to go 42-20. Um, and it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up being like 42-24. Or, but a backdoor kind go of any higher than, Yeah, it wouldn't go any higher than that. Tim, go ahead and go with your prediction. You're in the backdoor kind of way, though, right, Pete, if you're, 40, if you're hitting that 42-24. Not like they're it's not like it's 27-24 at some point in Notre Dame. Yeah, kind of like a 28-10 halftime. Yeah to it i'm a little lower i don't think Notre Dame will play particularly well because of human nature i think that usc and north carolina was just some of the best juice you've seen at the stadium in a while it really helped the atmosphere of the players i can't imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like this time um, although you can have a fourth quarter show because it'll be dark at about four o'clock nowadays in south bend but um i, I think it's, this is a bring your own drama juice if you're a Notre Dame player and it's tough to be up for it all the time I'm more in the 34 to 17 range with Notre Dame just not looking particularly great the entire time. I, I'm picking an unusual score just because I wanted to make sure that neither of you guys had it. I almost did like 32 to 14 to well, 17 to make it look funny, but there was mine's no, very close to yours. Yeah. And that's why the question from Iris John M is do you expect a blowout or a nail biter? I don't expect either one. I expect something I yep. in between there. Uh, I do want to throw this out. Uh, it'll obviously be in the preview on, on Friday on irishillustrate.com, but Navy's allowed two kick returns for touchdowns and, and a punt return for a touchdown. Well, so they're safe. They came to the right place. They're safe. Kyron, yeah, no, well, but Kyron, <laughs> Kyron Williams could, could make them pay. Um, and that, I actually, I do want to throw out, I, I, Tim, I really think that it's one of those games where, like you said, it's not a blowout. It's not an, it's not a nail biter. Lorenzo styles can make it a very comfortable game for Notre Dame in the way Brayden Lindsay kind of did in the past, you know what I'm like Lorenzo styles is the guy where you are not. Okay. It's a, it's a nine yard run. It's an eight yard run. And it's a 57 yard touchdown to Lorenzo styles. Maybe I think they kind of need that in this game. I agree. And I, and I, maybe he should just be the guy returning kickoffs. I mean, yeah, if, if, if Tyree, if Tyree's yeah. banged up, you know, I, I don't believe that the Navy kicker is going to be knocking kickoffs through the end zone, like North Carolina's kicker was. Um, so maybe, maybe you do that, but, um, you know, I find the over under interesting at 47 or 47 and a half. That seems, man, despite the possessions, that just seems a little low to me. So I'm likely to pick above that, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think who's, who's not even going to blow out. I mean, seriously, why would we think that Nordane's in a position to blow somebody out? They haven't done it all year and Wisconsin doesn't count. Pardon me? You're right. The game recap. You're positive. They haven't blown anybody out all year. O'Malley's on deadline from the moment he walks in the, <laughs> in the press box under pressure. We appreciate you joining us here for Irish Illustrated Insider O'Malley and Priester pregame in Nordame Stadium when they match up on uh, on Saturday, 330. I, I, it was just a few days ago that I realized it was actually a 330 kickoff and not 230. I'm glad somebody reminded me of that. We'll be back on Saturday from Notre Dame Stadium. Thanks for joining us.
Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.